So we're starting this new Christmas series. This Christmas, I want to learn how to, and then we're filling in the blank, basically. So this week, we're starting off with this Christmas, I want to learn how to manage my anger. Now, I know some of you are like, Thanksgiving just, why didn't you do this before Thanksgiving? Okay, (laughs) Thanksgiving was a mess because of this, okay? Well, here's the thing. Anger is oftentimes a difficult thing to manage. We live in a culture that can make us very angry and cause us to respond in sinful ways. But there's something about lashing out in anger that makes us feel like we're in control or have a good reason to respond in the way that we do. But the truth is, outbursts of anger only show others that we've actually lost control and are not heeding to healthy ways of dealing with situations and people that anger us. So the first thing I want to do is I want to answer a question. What does the scripture teach about anger and sin? So here's the answer. Okay. In Psalm 4.4, it says, be angry and do not sin. And in Ephesians 4.26, it says, be angry and do not sin. So obviously, Ephesians, Paul repeats what is said in the Old Testament in the Psalms. So the scripture teaches that anger is not the sin. It is what we do when we are angry that can be sin or cause us to sin. Okay, you got to get that. Anger is not the sin. What we do with it can cause us to sin or can be sin. So things that make us angry are the same things in, in a sense that make God angry, right? Sin makes us angry. Injustice makes us angry. People being mistreated makes us angry. Pretty much anything that goes against God's standards of good, pure, and holy should make us angry. God has what we call righteous anger, and it is with sin because sin offends him. Now, let me just say this. If those things don't ignite some sort of anger in us, like injustice, sin, people being mistreated, all those things, if those things don't ignite some sort of anger in us, it actually shows a lack of spiritual sensitivity. When you turn on the news and you see an atrocity happen, it should make you angry, okay? It should ignite something inside of you. So anger is not a sin, but what the anger leads to can be sin or can cause issues, and that's why we need to learn how to manage our anger, okay? That's why it's how to manage, okay? Not how to not be angry, it's how to manage our anger. But there are other things that make us angry that are not offensive to God, but make us angry and most of the time should not, okay? You know these things like someone driving in front of you, taking their sweet old time, right? Someone that has a different opinion than we do. Someone in your house drinks the last bit of milk but doesn't tell you, and you get up and go to breakfast, and there's nothing there, okay? Someone makes an honest mistake. These are examples of things that if we are a person that can't manage our anger, we wrongfully get angry, and that may cause us to slip into more sin. So before we learn how to manage our anger, let's find out what the scriptures teach about the damage that anger does. So what the damage is that anger does. This thing confuses me because it buzzes, but then it doesn't turn, then I hit it, and then it keeps going. So 
the damage done when our anger is not managed. Now, you may think you're justified in your outburst of anger. This is the, the big lie of the angry person. You're justified in your outburst of anger, and I touched on this a few weeks ago. You may think others deserve the treatment that you're giving them. You may feel as if it's no big deal, but when we're angry, it leads us to sin when we're angry about things that we either should not be angry about or if we handle our anger in the wrong way. So here's the damage that's done. The first thing that happens is it gives an opportunity for the devil. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. It says, be angry and do not sin, like we quoted before. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. We're going to deal with that later. But then it says this, and give no opportunity to the devil. What does this mean? What type of opportunities is the devil actually looking for with Christians? Now, let me just say this. The devil can't take our salvation away. You realize that, right? The devil cannot take our salvation. Once we are a Christian, once we believe in Christ our Savior, once we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid the price for our sins, once we believe that Jesus rose from the grave to prove that he is God, once we trust in that, that he has paid the price in full, we are saved, okay? That means we're headed for heaven when we pass from this earth. We are saved. The devil cannot take that away, okay? Satan and his demons have no control over that. But what the devil and his demons can do is try to make us ineffective Christians, okay? That's the tool that, they, that the devil and his demons use. Tries to make us ineffective Christians because, of course... No one's going to listen to some hot-headed, angry person, right? No one's going to say, oh, I want what they have, a bunch of anger, okay? No one's saying that. So he knows if we are known for being people that are hot-headed and have outbursts of anger, people won't respect us or listen to what we have to say about the Lord. So the devil looks for opportunities to damage us and cause damage, and that happens when we don't manage our anger. So it goes on. The next thing, damage done when anger is not managed. It causes us to do foolish things. Proverbs 14, 29, the second part. He who has a hasty temper exalts folly, right? Have you ever been there? Their anger gets the best of you, and you just do really dumb things, okay? You have this outburst of anger. It's not managed. We do really dumb things. Maybe you break stuff. Maybe you curse. Maybe you yell. Maybe you say hurtful things, or maybe you even hurt another person. Which brings us to the next thing, the next damage that is done, and that is this. It causes problems. Proverbs 29, 22 says, A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one who is given to anger causes much transgression. Transgression, obviously, is sin. And angry people that act on that anger and don't manage it, sin against other people, and when we sin, right, what does it do? Just causes more problems. See, so many times we feel that, like, okay, I'm in control of this, so I'm going to say this, or I'm going to have this outburst, and they're going to know that I'm angry about this, and they're going to know that I'm serious about this, and all you're doing is you're causing more problems. One of those problems could be this, loss of relationships, Proverbs 22, 24, make no friendship with a man given to anger nor go with a wrathful man. So this is actually advice from the Proverbs, saying, stay away from this guy, okay? Stay away from this guy. 
Eventually, people that do not manage their anger, other people don't want to be around them. Other people don't want to be around them. Maybe they feel unsafe around them. Maybe you feel unsafe around them because they don't manage their anger. If we're honest with ourselves, we realize, you know what? I'm not a safe person to be around if I'm like this because I can't manage, I can't control, I can't do things. I mean, people all the time, right? You know, I got angry and I did this and they're sorry for it, right? They're sorry for it, but it doesn't change some of the damage that they did. God forgives, we know God forgives, but here's what's happening. The damage is happening. It's constant, it's like a snowball. You're gonna eventually hurt people, maybe not physically, but you will hurt them emotionally and spiritually. And some of you actually are carrying this hurt. Maybe you were brought up in a very angry household and you can distinctly remember, it's amazing how our minds can be imprinted with the angry and wrathful things people have said or have done to us. Which leads us to the next form of damage done, and that is this. It keeps us from growing. James 1, 19 through 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So, Here's what happens. Acting out in sinful ways as a response to our anger will keep us from pursuing the righteousness of God. Or in other words, it will keep us from growing in our faith. See, many times we lie to ourselves and justify our behavior and don't think we were wrong. Many of you know, though, that most recovery groups, most recovery, if you know anything about recovery, if you've ever heard anything about recovery, the first step is what? admitting that you have a problem, okay? The guy who's like, I'm not angry, is the one that needs this the most because they don't admit it. They're living a lie. If you can't admit it, you have a problem managing your anger, you're never gonna grow past it. Okay? This is not intended to shame anybody. This is intended to help you grow. God wants you to pursue his righteousness. See, if this is the damage done, what does it look like when we actually manage our anger? What does it look like when we actually manage our anger? So before we continue on and learn how to manage it, I want to just briefly tell you the healing that comes from managing anger. The healing that comes from managing anger. The first thing is this. We learn empathy. Okay, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. Empathy is kind of understanding the situation that somebody else is in. Kind of putting yourself in their shoes. Part of the reason why we may get angry with someone is we're not taking the time to try to understand them. We're not taking the try, time to try to understand them. Why they're doing what they're doing. Why they have the opinion they have. Why they made the mistake that they made. Or why they sinned against you. See, understanding what's going on will help bring healing to the situation rather than escalating the situation. So it's, it's trying to figure out, okay, what's going on with this person? Why do they feel this way? What are they going through? What has their day been like? You know, when we don't understand that stuff, when we don't think about that stuff, maybe we will get angry. 
You never know that person in front of you taking their sweet old time that may never know that you're angry with may be going through something hard. They may be driving home from the hospital because a loved one is sick or just had surgery. You never know what someone else is going through. So then you're expending negative energy actually being angry with them and not trying to understand them. This is so important when it comes to family members, right? Trying to understand, you know, I have kids, I have three kids. Trying to understand the teenage mind, you know, the only way we could do that, right, is kind of put ourselves back in their shoes. And we were all teenagers, as much as you like to act like you weren't at one time. So, you know, I always have to constantly say, okay, when I was a teenager, you know, I didn't, I didn't personally try to offend my parents when I was doing something wrong. But, you know, as a parent, you take it so personally when your kid does something wrong, right? I can't believe you did that to me. They're like, what are you talking about? I didn't do that to you. I just did that because I felt like doing it. So here's the thing. It's trying to understand, having that empathy. But if you don't manage the anger, what's going to happen? You're just going to fly off the handle and be like, I, did, I was angry, and this is why you, know, you did this or you did that. The next thing, the next healing that comes from from managing our anger, is we calm volatile situations. Proverbs 15, 18 says this. He was slow to anger, quiet contention. See, oftentimes people come at us in anger, so we respond with anger. And guess what? We think it helps, but it just makes things worse. But when we're slow to anger, it actually can help calm an otherwise volatile situation. Maybe you've been in situations like this where it's calm, that volatile situation. A person came at you in anger and you, you stepped back and you were like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm not going to respond in kind. I'm not going to do the same thing. And this is hard because if you're an angry person and somebody comes at you in anger, you're like, game on, okay? You're almost like, this is what I've been waiting for, even though you probably didn't say that, but you're like, yeah, I'm coming right back at him. I'm going to give it to him. Now, finally, the healing that comes is this. It just says we're blessed. We are blessed. 1 Peter 3, 9 says, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So this is just this concept of, you know, somebody's coming at you. Somebody did something wrong to you. When you take the high road, there's a blessing for that. I don't know exactly what that blessing is in each situation. That's for God to dictate in each situation. But when you take the high road, there's a blessing for that. You know, some may think if someone lashes out at you and you don't lash out back, that they got the best of you. That's small-minded thinking. That's really ignorant thinking, okay? They didn't get the best of you. It's simply not true. See, the scriptures tell us we're blessed when we follow and respond in the way that God desires us to. So now that we know the damage we can do if we don't manage our anger, and we know a little bit about the healing that comes when we do manage our anger, how do we manage our anger? Because some of you are sitting there like this, okay, this all sounds good, but I need to know how. How am I going to do this? How am I going to walk out of this room today a person that's actually changed and actually thinking differently? How am I going to actually put this into practice? Because if you're honest with yourself and you're an angry person, you just have to admit it. You just have to say, I can't 
go on like this anymore. And I can guarantee you this. There is not one person in your life that will say, like, oh, your anger's under control. That stinks, okay? They're not saying that. They're like, praise the Lord, okay? Praise the Lord that you're actually trying. So the best starting point, obviously, is... It's there. <laughs> oh, too much. The best starting point is obviously we pray. 1 Timothy 2, 8 says, I desire then that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Notice the contrast here. It's kind of a weird verse when you read it. But notice the contrast here. Instead of raising a fist in anger, what does he say? Lift up your hands in prayer. Think about that. Con Why would God put that contrast here unless he was specifically thinking, like, you know what? Angry people, they lash out even with their fists physically. So he's saying instead of being a, a, a person of the fist, be a person of prayer. See, we need to ask Jesus for help. We can't manage our anger on our own. There's just no way possible that we're going to manage this by ourselves. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God wants to help you. He takes pleasure in you growing closer to him and having victory in every area of your life. It is his work in us, so we need to submit to him. He's basically saying here, hey, listen, let God work. You, know, you have to spend some time Communing with God, praying to him, and letting him work in your life. Admitting that this is an issue. Admitting that you can't control it and saying, God, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to respond like this. I don't want to treat my family like this. I don't want to treat my coworkers like this. I don't want to treat other people like this. Perfect strangers like this. I don't want to do that. The next way we manage our anger is we need to really get to the root of the issue. There are two root issues when it comes to anger, and the first is sin nature. The sin nature that we're born with, that Jesus died for, we still have. So James 4, 1 through 2, says this, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? It, is it not this? that your passions are at war within you. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. See, we have a tendency towards sin because it's in our nature. And when we don't get what we want or things don't go our way, sometimes our anger gets the best of us. And now, let me just tell you, not everybody struggles with anger. James was dealing with the sin of um, not managing your anger here. Not everybody struggles with this, but here's what he, he's talking, and he's talking to the people that are failing to manage. He's saying, your passions or the sin that's in you is warring against you. You don't want to act like this, or the spirit doesn't want to act like this, but there's this battle. So then we have to ask ourselves this question. What is the sin you're struggling with? Because if you have a problem managing your anger, there's a lot of times there's some sin attached to it. There's some underlying issue. That's why I said the root of the issue. What's going on? 
You know what? Maybe you're jealous of some, someone, and because you do not have what they have, like in this passage, you, it makes you angry. It makes you angry. Maybe you're selfish, and because you're not getting your way, right, it makes you angry. I remember back when my kids were little, little, you know, and, and you, you know, when you're a parent of little, little kids, like, like you pretty much, it's, it's just like, you just do whatever they need you to do, right? I mean, and then you get your time, right? And when you get your time, whether it's bedtime or nap time, and you finally get to that time where you're like, they're in bed. And what does that one kid do, right? They come out, you know? And you're like, seriously, kid? Okay, and, and then you have to really look at yourself, right? Okay, am I being selfish here? Like, I want what I want to happen. We all do, right? We're all selfish, so we want things to go our way. And then maybe things don't go our way the first time. So we're like, okay, get back to bed, you know. And then they come out again. What did I tell you? And then next thing you know, you're so angry. And granted, the kid should obey. The kid should listen. But then you have to say to yourself, okay, first of all, am I being selfish here? Am I handling this the right way? But then you have to go back to that empathy thing, remember? Why is this kid getting up? Maybe they just need one more little conversation with their dad or with their mom to make them feel a little bit better tonight. Maybe an extra prayer, whatever it is. But see, we get so in our head, right? We get so in our head, we want what we want. So apply that anywhere, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's at work, whether it's on the road. Like you just have to say to yourself, okay, you know what? Am I being selfish here? Am I being selfish here? You know, it kills me when, you know, when you're on the road and you're trying to make a, like, maybe a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn, and, you know, there's a person you try to get in, they're like, no. <laughs> you're like, really? <laughs> like, are you, you know what I mean, are you that miserable of a person that you won't let me scooch in ahead of you on the road? But it's selfishness, and maybe that's you. I, I sure hope that's not you. If I'm ever doing that, and that's you. <laughs> so here's the thing. Maybe you're critical of how other people live their lives. And because of that, you don't listen. They don't listen to your advice, and it makes you angry. Maybe you have adult children. They don't listen to your advice. Of course, you have the greatest advice because you're their parent. And you probably do have better advice than them. But here's the thing. They don't listen. You're critical, and it makes you angry. We've seen this so much in action during this pandemic, right? If you don't see things my way, you are a fill-in-the-blank, right? We see this. And we look and say, is this the way we're going to treat our brother and sister in Christ? Is this the way we're going to treat our fellow human being? Is this the way we're going to act? Because people don't see things the way we see things. Maybe it's some sin that's very personal, and it isn't something that's directed towards others, but because of that sin, you actually feel guilty, and that guilt actually manifests itself into frustration because you can't seem to shake it, right? So you're frustrated, and then you get angry. See how anger works? It gets ugly, right? Because you could be dealing with something so personal that has nothing to do with anybody else, but you're never going to conquer those, the managing that anger because you have that guilt of that and you're carrying it and it's frustrating you and you have no control in this area. So what happens? Something happens so you get angry and you don't manage it because you want to control that area, but then you just look like a fool like all the things that we talked about. 
Which brings us to the next issue, and that is the issue of our heart. Psalm 4, 4, it says, be angry, do not sin. I love this. It says, ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. This is such a great verse because it not only brings up the issue, but it gives us guidance, right? Be angry, do not sin, but what it says, ponder. Ponder is carefully think about. The idea here is when you are angry, you need some time to yourself to carefully think about what the good and godly way to respond to a situation is. You just need time. If you do not have that time and your heart is in the wrong place, you're going to respond in the wrong way. That's what happens. That's why a lot of people who are working on managing their anger say, you know, I need to step back. I need to get out of this conversation. I need to remove myself from the situation. But some of you may say, well, a lot of times there's no time for me to step back. Something happens and there's no time, so I snap. And that might very well be true. There is no time. But notice what the verse says. I love this. It says, on your beds. I think, I could be wrong, but I think this may be suggesting that we should prepare our hearts for the day ahead when we first wake up. Before your feet hit the floor, you need to be asking the Lord for help, especially when you know that your anger can sometimes get the best of you. So maybe these days, the events that are coming your way will contain those things that trigger you. So you need to prepare your heart. You need to prepare your heart. So when you wake up in the morning, maybe it might be setting your alarm 10 minutes earlier. And just laying in bed and asking the Lord, Lord, just help me. I'm going to work today. And you know how the people at work are. Lord, I'm parenting my children. And you know how they can get under my skin sometimes. Lord, I'm dealing with my spouse. And you know how sometimes we argue about certain things. Lord, I'm going to deal with this stuff. I need to have a prepared heart. See, when you start like that, all of a sudden... Things that normally would trigger you and anger you don't make as much of a difference because your heart's ready. You've already asked your Lord to help you. Your heart is ready and prepared. Next, to manage our anger, we need to deal with the issue. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 says, Be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Do not let the sun go down your anger. That's what I want to focus on, dealing with the issue. This is not saying that you always have to take care of everything that specific day, but what it is saying is we need to deal with the issues that make us angry about as soon as possible, okay? We have to deal with them. If we ignore the issues, the things that anger us may never be healed, Okay, the situation may never be healed. So if there's some healing to the situation, there's some issues because we know that certain things, you know what, maybe it's the righteous anger. There's something going on maybe in your family or at work that just makes you angry and it needs to be dealt with. You can't just let it go. You can't just let the thing still happen because other people are going to get hurt. You need to put your foot down, but you're not handling it the right way. So you need to handle it the right way so that you can learn and grow, so that the other people in the situation can learn and grow. 
Sometimes we control the urge to have an outburst of anger, but we remain angry and we just push those feelings down. Maybe this is you. You're like, that makes me angry, and I'm just going to push it down. I controlled it. I'm not outbursting, but I'm just going to push it down. Have you ever been really angry about something and you just push those feelings down, right? You just pushed them down. They went away, right? No. They turn into resentfulness. They turn into bitterness. We can't walk around with a fake smile and just push the issue down that we're angry with. We have to deal with it. We have to have the tough conversations, but we have to prepare ourselves to go and deal with those issues. But let me just tell you this. Sometimes, with some people, there is no real resolution. You are angry with someone, they hurt you, they're not sorry, they don't feel like there's anything that needs to be done, there's no sort of justice, you're just, this is a mess of a situation, and you're just trying to go through life, trying to figure it out. Because they're not admitting anything, and you are just angry, and you know you can't push the feelings down because it's going to cause bitterness, it's going to cause you to be resentful. Well, that brings us to our last and final point, how to manage our anger. We need to leave it in God's hands. Okay, We need to leave it in God's hands. It's always there anyway, Okay, but we need to admit, we need to just say, okay, like, I just, God, you just need to do something here. You know, I'm going to follow you no matter what you say, but I'm going to leave it up to you. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Many times we have a good reason to be angry, and God knows that, but he comforts us and reminds us by saying, Hey, listen, I'm in charge. I'm going to bring justice. You know, God is serious about justice. I mean, when you think about the cross, right? You know, we're in Christmas season. We celebrate the baby Jesus coming. And then, you know, we really look to the cross. And we look at the cross and we see the ugliness of the cross and we see the brutality of the cross. And sometimes it makes us think, like, they have to be so brutal. They have to be so ugly. Well, it's God bringing justice upon our sin. And it was in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So God is serious about this. When he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, God will make crooked paths straight. If there's somebody in your life that, you know, is just continuing to anger you and you have a hard time dealing with them and they're never sorry and they just keep on going and they just keep on infuriating you, if you allow that to continue on, you are just harming yourself. They might continue to live like that. They might continue to live like that, but that's where you have to step back and say, okay, God, this is in your hands. I'm giving this to you. I'm letting you take it. I'm, I'm counting on you for justice. I can guarantee this. God will bring justice either here or in the next. So this Christmas season, put these things into practice so you can manage your anger. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. And we know that anger and managing our anger can be so touchy for us. We get selfish. We have reasons why we act the way that we do. But we know, Lord, that you desire us to do the good, godly, pure, and holy thing in each situation. 
So we pray, Lord, that we would not only realize the damage, we could realize the healing that we can bring when we manage our anger. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please rise.